This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. When I do webinar interviews or I give big speeches to thousands of people all over the world, I usually will talk about data and sometimes show my dashboards, like my SaaS dashboard as I'm growing my SaaS company to top inbox, or my website dashboard, which shows how I take impressions to convert them into email leads and convert them into customers for NathanLacka.com. The funny thing is, guys, I build these dashboards with myself, no developer, and it's basically free, and I use one tool to do it. You can see the tool at nathanlacka.com forward slash analytics. I'll tell you more later in the show. This is episode 666, and coming up tomorrow morning, the PayU CEO comes on, Laurent Demol, and I get him to reveal how much revenue they've done. Hint, it's above $150 million. Now, the way they've done that is with a new risk assessment product to grow financial their financial services arm. He was the ex-PayPal CEO of Europe. You don't want to miss it. Good morning, everybody. My guest this morning is John Epstein. He is currently, he just moved into a new role as a senior vice president for, uh, for international at a company called Sentient Technologies at Sentient.ai, the maker of Sentient Ascend, the first conversionary optimization solution powered by evolutionary artificial intelligence. Epstein has followed, has been in many companies at the forefront of technology and media, including GameSpot, which he was the founding CEO of, Omec, which was sold to Intel, and GameSpy, which was sold to I G and John, are you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. Let's go. So you're like a nice breed. You're not, you're not the CEO currently of sentient, but you've had a lot of success with your own companies prior to sentient at GameSpot and GameSpy, correct? Yeah. GameSpot, GameSpy, Omec, uh, IGN had a good exit as well. What's a good, um, what's a good exit? Staying on the forefront. Say that again? When you say a good exit, what's a good exit mean to you? Uh, well, uh, it ranged anywhere from uh, in the tens of millions into the hundreds of millions uh, of dollars. So and was, some, were, some were better than others. And, you know, some of the startups uh, didn't fare so well. That's such as the nature of startups. Was uh, uh, was GameSpy your baby? Were you the founding uh, founding CEO? I, uh, GameSpot, yes. GameSpy was the president. Actually, it was more of a turnaround. Uh, GameSpot had been sold to ZDNet and uh, then CNET and uh, had invested in GameSpy. And uh, when uh, t 2001 came and sort of the, you know, the website market was uh, contracting, I jumped over to help uh, the CEO of GameSpy uh, turn it around and achieved a pretty successful sale to uh, IGN. And what was the, so it's, I want to kind of dig more into your history. Are these companies, I mean, are these gaming companies like the names would suggest? Um, yeah, you know, yes and no. So I, I, I have worked at an actual gaming company. Most of my life has been, you know, except for the last eight years, was focused on uh, media and uh, other elements related to gaming. So um, I started out at IDG as a magazine publisher, originally on the, the technical side and then into in the multimedia space. That's what brought me into gaming because uh, games were the uh, applications that really have always stretched um, the most stretched our PCs and our phones the most in terms of you know requirements for new features, sure. which back then was sound and CD-ROM. Um, so GameSpot was the first really professional online reviews site for games. 
Um, GameSpy had a uh, editorial element and also published content about games, but it also had middleware and a software client um, that was used for matching up players in server-to-server -server gameplay. These days, online gaming is you know par for the course, but back then, um, you know, it was uh, people were playing Quake and Doom, and it was kind of hard to find players uh, if they weren't on your LAN. And that, so, GameSpy had a really great piece of software that we then ended up licensing into games from folks like Electronic Arts um, and uh, 2K Games and many other. And John, with, it was so GameSpot was your first kind of venture in entrepreneurship. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's right. And what? How old were you when you did when you launched that? What year was that? Um, so GameSpot was launched in uh, in in nineteen ninety five. It wasn't my first startup. Um, I had launched uh, the magazine Digital News, and then I launched the magazine Multimedia World. But that was sort of entrepreneurship for uh, IDG, which is a great company that you know values and. and so just to be clear, you were working for that company, and you launched those magazines under their brand. That, that, that's right. In terms of my own startup, it was 95. I was 31 years old. Oh, that's okay. Got it. And walk me through, you know, a lot of the feedback I've got from the show, and I like to keep close kind of tabs what my audience is wanting. They say, Nathan, you can't just talk about billion dollar companies every day. And I get a lot of those guests on CEOs of big companies. They like to hear the beginning stories too. What, I mean, what gave you the confidence in 1995 to leave your gig, which it sounds like you had a lot of freedom on. You were launching whole magazine brands. What gave you the confidence to leave and start GameSpot? Yeah, so I guess it was a so first of all, I had great partners. I mean, I think it, it really starts with that. People are what matter, and uh, there were two guys, uh, Vince Brody, who now runs this moment, and, and Pete Deemer, who's one of the top um, agile consultants uh, in in the world, I believe. And uh, these guys worked for me, and they were just a really great team. And were they, those founding partners though, John? Were was it three yeah. co-founders? So they, 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 it was the three of us that started GameSpot, right? Yeah. And the the original idea came from the two of them. They wanted to call it G-Spot, though. And I uh, said, hey, let's fly. I like uh, it. Sign me uh, up. I'm the one out there uh, selling media to largely female media buyers. So <laughs> um, I don't think so. so. So that was part of it. I think the second one, it was clear. It was clear at the time, hey, this, you know, we had started putting, we'd put PC World online and Multimedia World magazine online. It was clear this internet thing was happening. And that if anything, the gamers were ahead of the curve in terms of their use of online. And, and then there was this problem. The problem was, you know, if you look at the individual video game or PC game, their shelf life in the store, it's pretty short. But magazines had this really long lead time of two months. Like, so by the time a magazine came out, either the review had been written before the game was done, or the game might have even been off the shelf. So there was this this information gap. And we realized that online with the real-time nature of online publishing would allow us to you know, really serve the gamer community better and not just give them, you know. And John, hold on. I don't mean to cut you off. This is all still under GameSpot or have you transitioned into no, GameSpot? This, 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 this was GameSpot, right? Okay, well, so, hold on. Wrap out, wrap, out the game, wrap out the GameSpot story first. So 1995, you launched it. You're 31. What happened? Did you sell it? It went under what? No, yeah. So we um, so we took in uh, uh, we took in some external investment. We ended up selling it in parts to Ziff Davis to their ZDNet subsidiary. Okay. Um, in retrospect, maybe a little early, but it you know it was a, you know for for some younger guys, and I, and I was the oldest of the three. Um, it was a decent exit. What'd you, you know, what'd you sell it to him for, or the assets? Um, we sold uh, at the, we sold it for stock in ZDNet. So at the peak, it was worth about uh, forty five million as an exit. And uh, by the time we were able to sell the ZDNet stock, we're worth a little bit less than that. So yep. I think you know we view it as like we all got a pretty nice house out of the deal. Yep. And, uh, 
and some track record. Okay, and, and then you, you take that capital, you snowball into GameSpy, which helped bridge the information gap between kind of games and all that by moving a lot of this content online. Uh, not not quite. I said I, I spent a couple years after having sold it to ZDNet. First of all, we ran it inside of ZDNet for a while, and I stepped into an international role. I really wanted to get experience in doing business in different countries, and ZDNet had you know joint ventures. It had wholly owned subsidiaries. It had licensees in something like thirty countries around the world. So I ran that for a while, and then as you know, two thousand one happened, and you know the internet advertising market dried up. It was clear it was time to you know, maybe uh, go on again. We had invested from ZDNet into GameSpy. I was on the board there, and they made a very concerted effort to recruit me. So I joined uh, Mark Surface. Oh, interesting. There and uh, and then did it again. It wasn't uh, my my former partners at GameSpy were not super happy with this move since they said she was going to a competitor, but. Uh, such as the nature what, how, of the well, well, tell us how that works. You're a, you're a rational guy. They must incentivize the hell out of you. How they what they give you? What cares do they give you? Uh, Game Spy. Yeah. Um, a nice salary and about eight percent of the company. So you know, okay. it was a good package for uh, for for a CEO. Um, Game Spy was pretty unique in that the founder, Mark Surface, had not taken an external money, and he owned more than half of it. So. Um, and then in you know two and a half years we were able to triple the revenues. And what year is this, by the way, John? Let's keep the thing going. So this was 2001, and it was so I joined there in uh, September 2001. The company was sold March 2004 to IGN, and, and the two bidders were IGN and GameSpot. So oh, that's so funny. <laughs> okay, so you sell it. Uh, it sells in 2004. So your kind of first big kind of financial moment was when you you sold GameSpot. You were in your kind of mid 30s. It got you a nice new house. You then took that into a big salary and eight percent of GameSpot, which you helped grow. Uh, that sold for you said ten to hundreds of millions. You gave a big range, which is fine. But that was, I uh, guess. That, a, that, 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 that one was around $61 million exit, if I recall. And so I, I made more money on GameSpy than I did on, on, uh, on, uh, on was that Was that all cash or was it an earnout, John? It was all cash. Got it. Okay. So you, you then take that you then take that money, 2004, then what? Uh, I, I stayed at IGN for a while, and then I, you know, after about six months, um, you know, I made some money there as well because they sold the following year to Fox. I had some shares there. I went and joined a venture-backed startup called Double Fusion. Double Fusion was um, a competitor to Massive, for those of you that remember the in-game advertising market. So Double Fusion combined technology that could place ads inside of video games, and then um, a, a media sales effort to then monetize that inventory. And then fast forward now to, to Sentient. So what does Sentient do and what's the revenue model? Yeah, so Sentient is uh, has been around for nine years. It's uh, one of the best funded companies in the AI business. Uh, you know, just to give you a little, you know, I'd taken a few years off from operations. I was an executive recruiter. It was a fascinating way to meet, you know, super talented, top-level people, build out my network. And Sentient was one of my clients. Uh, the guy with whom I did the original AOL cover mount deal when back at PC World was, uh, was there. And uh, I fell in love with this company because, um, the, you know, to the extent one's goal is to be on the leading edge, there's nothing more leading edge these days than artificial intelligence. So Ascentian has built a very powerful AI platform. It's, a, it, it, it's focus is on AI at scale. It's able to run, you know, AI problems across millions of CPUs and thousands of GPUs using uh, proprietary dis distributed computing 
middleware layer and the company has John hold on products. make that dumb that down for me like give me a real life example of all that technology stuff in, in a real yeah. life example all right so so we do multiple types of AI people are usually familiar with deep learning or neural networks that's what's used for uh, handwriting recognition or voice recognition or image image analysis we do that too um, but there's another field which which Seni and Ascend is based on and, and another one of our products It's called evolutionary computation and in evolutionary computation um, uh, It's an AI that that mimics natural selection So the way it arrives at and searches for if you would the optimal solutions or designs To a problem is through a stage of you know a set of evolutions like essentially breeding You're teaching designs together, you know, yeah, and then mutations. so um, we run a hedge fund using this. One of Senian's uh, products through a, a subsidiary called Senian Investment Management is a, is a hedge fund that is, we think, the first fully AI-traded hedge fund. The AI doesn't What's say, the fund hey, size, John? I'm curious. Uh, that, that, I can, that I can't disclose. Oh, it's and private. It's, okay. It's, it's growing rapidly. Um, What's rapidly? If you Don't give a number, but like, is it 10% month over month or 50 or 100 or what? So the the goal of a hedge fund is not to deliver outsized returns; is to deliver consistent returns around in the, you know, the ten percent range. No one objects to higher, of course. But the real reason, in, you know, big investors invest in hedge funds is to achieve stable, good returns, and ideally returns that are co not correlated with other investments they have. And so one of the unique things about Seni and investment management is that our fund is highly uncorrelated with other. Uh, funds, whether they're traded by you know machines or by you said it's growing fast uh, though. Do you mean the funds it's asset, managing? Assets, assets under management, right? So the things that make funds you know make money for the fund runners. There's two things. One is the return, and the other is the amount of money um, that that's out there. So um, so how yeah, fast, John? I my question we, is, how fast is the assets under management? How fast order, are those growing? Order, 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 order of magnitude or higher growth in assets under management. That's that's as much as you get out of, out of, out of me here. Um, okay. And that's not my particular guess. I, I need to be a little uh, circumlocutory about that. That's fine. Um, well, so, so tell me, tell me, John, because we're running out of time here. Okay, so I want to dial in on this real quick. How does Sentient, the thing you focus on at Sentient, how does it make money? What's the revenue model? All right, so it's a SaaS product, and it's disrupting the world of A-B testing and website optimization. It uses the same evolutionary approach to allow company, you know, all companies that are doing business on the web or through mobile web, you know, rely on some conversion event. They, they maybe they're selling something, maybe they're signing up a lead or something like that, selling that lead or just using it for their own sales. And A/B testing is a, you know, it's what smart companies have been doing so far to improve the performance of their websites. But it's slow and it's manual. And using this evolutionary AI approach, rather than test one idea at a time or maybe a couple. Our clients are testing anywhere between 10 and 50 different changes to their website funnels all at once. And not just the individual changes, the AI is solving what's the best combination of those changes to achieve the goal that you set for it, higher sales, for example, higher conversions. And so our clients are looking, they're, you know, they're, they're testing anywhere between a few hundred and millions of different designs. And within a couple months, achieving you know 10 to 50 to sometimes you know 200 percent gains in their their core uh, kpis and john Using walk walk me through so it's a SaaS business so my audience is very familiar with that Get, help us understand kind of the size of the context here because everything you're saying sounds great but 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 kind yeah. of understanding more in terms of market share is more helpful so like how many customers are paying you guys currently 
Uh, we have uh, we launched in September. We have about 25 paying customers, about the same number in trial. Okay. Right. So are these and are these enterprise? I mean, give me a sense like the average contract size on these bad boys. Um, so they range anywhere from three thousand a month to thirty thousand a month, and so you know the average is sort of probably in the the, the eight to ten. That's you know the enterprises take longer. The big guys take you know five or six months to to get through their sales cycle, and the smaller guys you know can say yes right then. Yep. So any churn yet? That, has anyone started paying and then stopped? No one has churned yet. That's great. That's great. Yeah. What about in terms of customer acquisition cost? Is this just you and a team of inside salespeople going out? Or are you doing any paid media stuff? What's it costing you to acquire one of these 25 customers? Um, so we're still working on that. The most effective vehicle has actually been conversion-specific trade shows. Um, we also have built a partner channel. That there's a lot of agencies uh, and consultancies that specialize in conversion optimization that have the ideas, the strategies that are the raw fuel that powers our AI. And so they've also been a very effective and, and free, if you would, source of of leads and referrals. A lot of our trials are coming in from that that channel. Uh, we do do some paid advertising, uh, mainly in the search advertising. But but uh, if there's a good conversion conference, uh, you know, we uh, we go to it. We have three in the next 30 days. What do you spend on average to sponsor those? Like 10, 20 grand or what? Uh, yeah, right now it's more in the five to 10 range, I would say, you know, in terms of the booth and the sponsorship. It depends. Sometimes we spend more um, you know, and our investment is going up over time. A lot depends on the size. Of the, usually, these are these aren't huge trade shows. I think to go to, uh, we went to Etail West. That was for both Ascend and our other products, Ending Aware. That's a more you know that that's in the sort of twenty to thirty range. Um, but as you know, as we continue to grow, we're expanding our footprint at these shows. So next year, I'm sure we'll spend uh, we'll spend more per show. And what um, you guys have raised capital? How much total? So far, to date, it's been $143 million. And that's across kind of all the product lines, correct? That's right. Yeah. And, and the building of the platform itself. Got it. And what's your current team? What's the total team size, actually, total employees? So, Obsidian has about 110 employees. Okay. Um, and uh, I think we've got about 15 or 20 positions open right now. Um, about a quarter of those are focused on Ascend, a quarter on Aware, a quarter on the uh, maybe, maybe a fifth on the hedge fund business and then the remainder are focused on our core platform and then just general gna got it. it makes good sense and you said you're founder you said you joined them about seven years ago so 2010 was founding year no no i so i'm not a founder of Cine and i i was their head hunter and then i joined the cmo and then now in this international world so the company was founded in 2007 and uh the founders were anton blando who's our co-chairman babak hojats who is our uh, CEO, and then the third founder was Adam Chayer, who went on to be the head of Siri. And you're uh, you're as a Series C. It looks like you closed for about 100 million on November 24th, 2014. So that was almost three years ago at this point. So you're either in the middle of raising more capital, or you're about to be bought for like a billion dollars. Which one is it? <laughs> well, one of those. Come on, John. Which one is it? Give it to me. You know what? We think it's too early to sell. So oh, I come on. No, hey, AI, what you're seeing today, we haven't seen anything yet. The world will not be recognizable from a technology standpoint 10 years from now, and some would even say five. Things are changing so quickly. Um, and I think, uh, I forget who it was that said this recently. Uh, it was Mark Cuban. Trillionaire. The world's, the world's first trillionaires will come out of AI. That's and right. All, you know, I'm not the founder of Senian, so that won't be me, but maybe some of the. Some yeah, of so you have some equity, though, right? I mean, I imagine you do. Absolutely. Yeah. Lester gets me in the trillion raves. When I was recently in New York meeting dozens and dozens of you that listened to the show, I showed many of you guys my SaaS analytics dashboard. 
I also showed you my website and a conversion dashboard from impression to free trial to paying customer, along with many other dashboards I use in my business, like my social media command center and a few others. Now, all of these are built with one tool. I just dragged and dropped them together. You can see how I did that at nathanlacka.com forward slash analytics. That's nathanlacka.com forward slash analytics. Now, these dashboards, guys, are critical to my business. You know, I refresh them on my mobile phone right when I wake up in the morning. I roll over and boom, refresh. Or I'll refresh them right before I'm about to take off on a flight because I'm just addicted to data and numbers. They drive my business. So I think they probably drive your business too. You can see my dashboards, how I use them at nathanlacka.com forward slash analytics. Now, if you go through the regular website, that's the tool is called Clipfolio, you only get 14 days free. You go through my link, you get 90 days free. So I got a great deal for you guys. It does expire. So you got to go there now. There you go, John. All right, let's wrap up, my man, with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Uh, so my favorite business book is Hire With Your Head. It's a you know a guide to better uh, recruiting of top talent, which is the key to any business. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um, I find uh, Elon Musk to be the most fascinating uh, CEO, followed by Jeff Bezos as a close second. Number three, besides your own, is there a favorite online tool you have, like HostGator? Um, I, uh, well, we use Salesforce a lot. I can't say it's my, my favorite. I think, um, honestly, uh, uh, built with and similar whatever tools that, uh, we use a lot to, uh, to better understand our clients. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Usually about six, five to six. Okay. And what's your situation? Married, single, you have kids? Second marriage, two kids, uh, 18 and 21, one uh, junior in college, and the other one uh, getting uh, getting word from colleges right now. That's great. And how old are you, John? I'm 53. All right, last question. Take us home here. Take us back 33 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Um, I wish I had stepped, well, I wish I had stepped into entrepreneurship early. I think, look, I was a bit of a tyro in those days, uh, you know, uh, arrogant, um, you know, smart, hard, harder to work with. I think, you know, what I've learned over the, the years is it's not always what you say, that it's how you say it that can really make the difference in how effective you are. And I've been working very hard at that over the last 10 years. Well, guys, there you have it from John. He's had a ton of success now sitting on his latest bet, but it all began back in 1995 when he was 31, started GameSpot and sold a portion of that for a lot of stock to Ziff Davis and ZDNet, where uh, at its peak, that was worth about 45 million bucks altogether once they were able to sell their stock it got him a nice new house he then had another nice financial event because he drove a lot of growth at a company called GameSpy, where they gave him a great salary in eight percent of the company that sold for 61 million uh, in 2004 he then stayed around there a little bit but then jumped into the sentient crowd after doing some work and meeting the founders they're now serving using artificial intelligence in many different markets but he's specifically focused on rapid a b testing using artificial intelligence currently serving 25 customers with the average contract value of 10 grand per month nobody's churned yet and they're spending money between conferences and some paid ads but don't have a good idea of cat yet 143 million bucks raised team of 110 people john thank you for taking us to the top and thank you if you enjoyed jonathan today go back and listen to yesterday's episode and you tell me what you feel about the ceo was he blessed or gutsy when he turned down a four hundred thousand dollar salary to launch his own business it would mean the world to me if you guys got any value from this episode if you would go leave a review on itunes right now and then subscribe you know i hustle like heck to get these episodes out every freaking day for you guys and Trust me, I love it. I would do it with no listeners, but boy, oh boy, it makes my day and it makes my team's day when we see great reviews and get your feedback. So thanks so much.
Okay, Top Tribe, I love giving away free money. I feel like Oprah giving away cars, and I have something special for you today. How many of you have heard our super sharp guests talk about success they've had with Facebook and Google ads? Well, all of you listening right now, yes, if you're listening, you get $100 in free AdWords. Here's how you get it, okay? Again, thanks for listening. Get the free $100 from Google, right, when you sign up with my website host provider, HostGator. Go sign up now to get your free money, hostgator.com forward slash Nathan. Again, that's hostgator.com forward slash Nathan.